the grief hit me and man, like a Mack truck, you know, like somebody dumped a load of bricks on me. Um, and with that came a crap ton of anger. (laughs) Um, and a lot of questions, lots and lots of questions, lots of anger, lots of telling God (laughs) what I thought of him. Welcome to Resilient Moms Hope, Healing, and Living After Loss podcast. My name is Teresa Reiniger, and I am a mindset and grief transformation coach. I'm here to hold space for grieving moms to find support and resources to navigate the grief of infertility, pregnancy, or childhood loss. You will hear heartfelt conversations where practical strategies of healing will be shared inspiration and encouragement to guide you to find purpose from your pain. Thank you for joining me. I encourage you to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode and connect with me on social media. Now take a deep breath to feel safe, lean in, open your heart, and find strength in the stories shared. Together, let's explore the power of hope, healing, and living after loss. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the podcast. I am really excited that you have set aside some time to join me and share with um, my audience um, about kind of, well, I won't spoil it. I won't say what we're going to share, but they know what I share all the time. So welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you, Teresa. And I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what I always start with, with everyone is, who is this beautiful woman named Kim that I see, and hopefully at some point the audience will see if they watch um, YouTube as I get that going. But who is this beautiful woman we're going to talk to and listen to and, and hear from today? Uh Let's see. The best way I would like to describe myself is um, I'm a transformational coach um, who has experienced a great deal of loss and have come to a point full circle with that where I recognize the value in those moments. Um, And that's not to dismiss that there was pain involved and and that sometimes there still is. but that I'm grateful for what I've learned through those experiences. And that has very much affected who Kim is. Um, So a lot, a lot of decisions have been made with that in mind. And at this point in my life, um, I see myself as being very much on a spiritual journey um, to continue to explore and understand um, not only how to continue to heal myself, but to help others to do the same. Beautiful. Yeah, we know that with a uh, loss of, of a loved one, that we are changed forever, and there's so much growth um, and change that happens. So I totally relate to that, and and. Um, understand where you're coming from there tell me a little bit more about you hobbies love to read be outdoors gardener what do you do what's what's Kim do in her spare time in my spare time um I do love to read it's usually books that are um what some people would refer to as self-help books I've done a lot of those I've also done especially more recently um a lot of spiritual books Um, I love to hike. I love being in nature, especially if there's sunshine involved. Um, trees or waterfalls are my happy place. Um, I, in my spare time, I enjoy writing, um, researching, having lengthy, meaningful conversations with people, which 
really ties in with what we're doing today. This this is right up my alley. I, I, I tell people small talk is a necessary evil, in my opinion. It's obviously part of everyday life, but I like getting down into the nitty gritty and, and really getting to share and, and hear people's stories and what's meaningful to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of the same, just curious about people and um, want to always hear about who they are. And then really, you know, sometimes they feel like, okay, here come the 20 questions, because I'm very um, curious about people. I just really want to learn about them and, and see who they are and how they've came to be, like what's come into their life that has directed them. So science, kind of a geeky sort of um, asking questions, um, inquisitive for sure. We live, both live in Illinois, and I love that you hike, and I love that you love waterfalls. Those are two of my most favorite things to do as well. So we'll need to find a time in the spring, maybe, because <laughs> we're getting into our cold time with this winter. So maybe in the spring, we could find some time to go hiking, searching for our waterfalls. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, there's some great parks in Illinois for that. There are, and in Missouri, we're so close to St. Louis that there's just a lot here that, that we have. So we'll have to do that. So we could talk about nature and all that, for, but that's for another podcast. Um, we, we won't go into all of that today, but I'd like for you to share. Um, the audience knows, you know, we talk, I talk about all the time resilient um, women that have experienced loss. Or, or who have experienced, well, really have experienced loss um, in some way. And so if you, when you're ready, and as much as you are willing to share and be comfortable, take your time, share with us um, your what's happened in your life. You alluded to a loss, so um, if you would share about that. Okay, so for the sake of the listeners, let me get a sip of water real quick. For the sake of the listeners, I'll share. Um, there's there's quite a bit that's happened. Um, some of it fresher than others. So, um, I was married for 23 years, and early on, very early on in my marriage, um, I got pregnant and lost that child um, within weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, that was quite a bit of a shock. Like we had, I think we had only been married a few months if that, um, and around that there was a lot of, um, faith crisis. I was, I was dealing with a lot of beating myself up for not having been able to carry the pregnancy or not be able to convince God to allow this child to come to be. And it caused a lot of um, lack of peace um, and, and family division. It was very stressful. Mm -hmm. um, I reached the point where for a little bit of, well, probably more than a little bit of time, I, it being my first pregnancy was convinced I'm not going to get to have kids. This is it. Mm -hmm. And was really, really upset. Um, and then about a year later, I ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son. Um, and that went well. Um, he's, he's still with us. Um, then, and his name is Jeremiah, in case he comes up again later. Um, I had, a couple years later, I got pregnant with my second son, James. And that went well, went so well that I thought I was Wonder Woman. I was just doing all the things, you know. <laughs> and, um, um. I remember my, my ex-husband, husband at the time, um, 
saying you need to slow down. You're, you know, you're going to cause something to happen or whatever. I think he was dealing with some fears of his own. Um, and okay. So that went well. I, I was like, great, wonderful. Um, I ended up having in the following two years, two more miscarriages. Mm. The second one, I kind of just rolled through like almost like it didn't happen. Mm. Just going to pretend like this didn't, you know, we're just going to keep going, bury that and keep going. And then with the third one, um, things were going great. You know, with the first two miscarriages, there was there was signs that led to me realizing something's not right. And um, with the third one, things were going great. And I was blown away when the doctor said, I'm sorry, you know, there's there's no heartbeat. And so, so angry, so, so angry. And I railed out at God. Again, that caused a lot of family problems. Um, I spent a lot of time being really ticked off. Um, even told my uh, husband at the time, I'm just going to get my tubes tied. I'm, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. And God obviously doesn't give a shit. You know, like I'm just done. And uh, he has, you know, he, he resisted that. He said, you know, I'm not telling you don't do that, but let's not do that while you're so upset. Let's, let's wait and give it some thought. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, a lot happened in a short amount of time that caused me to realize, okay, God doesn't hate me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh. I, I want to try again. And I obviously we my husband and I talked about it and we decided that yeah we would try let's wait a little bit longer you know let let my body recover a little bit longer mm -hmm. well, it didn't work out that way birth control pills snafu and things happen and um I ended up getting pregnant and hesitated for quite a while R remember feeling very afraid to tell anybody I was pregnant other than my husband um, eventually decided, yeah, okay, we're going to share. And, um, because of how things went with the pregnancy or with the loss and then my anger and then feeling, okay, God's given me a lot of grace in this situation. I was oh. really off. I said a lot of things. Um, and here I am pregnant. It's going well. And, when we realized it was going to be a girl, um, our first one, um, I decided that her name had to be Grace. Mm. And um, Grace came along and beautiful, everything was fine. I'm feeling some emotions I didn't expect to feel right now because I haven't felt them in a long time. Take your time. Um, Let me ask you a couple questions. Let's yeah. do that. Um, and then we'll, we'll come back and you can continue. So when you had the three um, miscarriages, you said, especially with the third one, everything was going well. Were you further along in the pregnancy with the third one that you that you indicated that things were going well? The first one you said was fairly early, and I'm assuming the second one was more fairly early. But what about that third one? Was that um, were you were you further along? Not really. I had made it to I, I want to say ten weeks, maybe. So I wasn't okay. even to the second trimester yet. Okay. Um, and um, and I totally understand. I mean, yeah. and the listeners will understand, you know, the anger, um, the, you know, especially with the first one, like, 
not thinking you will ever have children. That seems to happen a lot. Um, if we've never experienced or, or someone else around us have never experienced a miscarriage or a loss, it's devastating. It is hard to, um, I'll say, we, we take on that, that guilt and that blame because that child was within us, like we must have done something. And so to be so angry at ourselves a lot of times is, is pretty normal with people. And then when there's multiple, so I, I'm so glad that you had the two boys between there um, and had no trouble. So you knew you could carry, you knew right. you could get pregnant and you could carry and but still being angry with God, like, why? Why are you putting me through all of this? Exactly. I can remember with my second um, miscarriage, I had the exact same thought and I ended up doing exactly what you talked about, you know, getting my tubes tied because it was like, I can't do this. And I did have three beautiful, healthy daughters at that time. My youngest daughter had um, a birth defect, but was repairable. So to go through all of those, um, the miscarriage and then a daughter in the NICU and surgeries and all of that, and then to become pregnant and have a loss, I did exactly like this is it. No more of this. I'm done. I can't. And my husband was right there with me. You know, um, we we can't emotionally, um, spiritually, all the things um, do this again. And so I did um, end up having my tubes tied because I was like, I, I can't endure this. So I was right there with you when you said that. I'm like, mm, I felt that. I'm like, yep. I was there. I was yeah. there. I yeah, it that. really draws up a lot of emotions and causes you to reflect on some things. Oh, sure. Which is a good thing. It's just a very, very challenging thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then to have alongside of that the grief, you know, mm -hmm. that you're yeah. processing all these emotions and also having all these thoughts that you're trying to deal with. And um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, because there were plans, you know. We, we dream, the dreams, the desires, the, the hopes, the things that we all have laid out for that child. Um, and, and now they're, they're no longer, it, the grief is, is heavy. It is hard for, hard for others to understand um, unless they've experienced it. So, you know, it's, it's good that we talk about it here to help those Absolutely. understand it a little Absolutely. bit a little bit better so and hopefully to provide some encouragement that one it's you're you're, you're not losing your mind this is normal yeah there's something challenging and it does get better it does it absolutely does mm -hmm. it doesn't That's feel nice. like it for a little bit it feels like it's weighing on you like a like somebody's yeah. sitting on your chest <laughs> yeah. yeah but it does it gets better and just even with the emotion and stuff that's come back to you today and also to me to know that um, that does happen, you know, yeah. that it, it's always there. Um, and you just sometimes you just don't know when those emotions um, will hit you again. For right. Sure. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, again, take your time. Yeah. Um, I'd like you to share about, about grace. Um, you know, pregnancy went fine. Everything went fine. She was beautiful. It sounds like, and yeah, things absolutely. were going well with her. Yeah. So, um, fast forward, she's 11 years old. Um, we notice um, she's got some symptoms that really honestly thought was an ear infection. Mm -hmm. um, and I, at that time, well, and still today, very much embraced, um, so at that time started embracing and, and continued to embrace um, holistic medicine. Mm -hmm. So um, rather than, running to the doctor for things right away. It was, well, okay, what can we do with nutrition? What can we do with herbal medications? Things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, 
symptoms continued to develop and I, and I began to realize, no, we need to get a doctor involved. Um, and we ended up finding out that she had a type of brain cancer called DIPG. Um, in that same meeting, we found out that um, her, this particular type of brain cancer has a less than 1% chance of survival mm. and that it comes with some very grueling symptoms. Um, and because uh, there was very little research done at that time, despite this being a diagnosis for many years, uh, being around, I should say, um, the, the, the options for helping to alleviate any kind of symptoms or um, work towards wholeness were pretty much obsolete or very, very outdated. Mm. Um, so she ended up, we, we, we took her to Cardinal is where she was diagnosed, Cardinal Glennon. And um, <laughs> trying to decide how much to share right now. The doctor that we met with was very arrogant is, is the nicest word I can use right now. Okay. Um, and uh, we quickly decided that we didn't want to continue under his care sure. uh, and chose to um, make arrangements to have her go to St. Jude. Okay. Um, so that all took place. So we had the, the, the initial doctor's appointment was actually with a, an ear specialist. Cause that's what I thought was happening. Sure. And between that initial appointment, which was on a Tuesday, um, April 28th from the time that she ended up at St. Jude's was by the following Monday. So it all happened very rapidly. Yeah. Um, and we spent a, less than a week at St. Jude's because I didn't like what they had to offer either. And, um, we were very much embracing, um, the, the nutritional side of things and saw some improvements. And I got pretty excited about that and wasn't excited about what St. Jude's was offering. So, um, we went home within six weeks, despite lots of interventions on our part, um, and lots of moments of feeling hopeful within six weeks, uh, she was no longer able to speak. Um, and had lost most of her ability to walk. Hmm. Um, that was extremely challenging and um yeah exhausting there was i i'm choosing not to focus on the many parts of that journey that were overwhelmingly difficult but there we we basically didn't sleep for most of the time we we would take shifts back and forth but because so, so much was happening we were so stressed and her body was every, every day was a new, now what's going to be happening. <laughs> um, mm. so we, we were on edge all the time. Um, mm. so I remember, um, reaching out, I, of course we were praying and people were coming out of the woodwork to help us. Some of them, um, very helpful. Some of them, helpful in ways that I didn't see it that back then as helpful at all. <laughs> now it's like, okay. okay, what can I learn from this experience? July 31st, we lost her. So from April to July and, and a lot of, there's no nice way to say it, a lot of shit in between. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and it was extraordinarily stressful. And um, I remember two things that stand out that I want to share through that period of time, as far as my spiritual growth. Um, one was me telling God, if you allow this to happen, because obviously we're seeing a decline and it's happening rapidly and it's, it's awful mm -hmm. to watch. Um, if I'm telling God, if you allow this to happen, I'm going to be really, really mad at you. And I don't know how I'll get over that. I don't, I just, I don't even see how that'll be possible. Mm -hmm. The other thing I remember happening is um, I'm one of those extremely exhausted day, <clears throat> excuse me, days. Um, I had an opportunity to take a nap. Somebody stepped in and said, why don't you go lay down for a little bit? Okay. And I did. And I had a dream. I had been praying, you know, tell me what I need to know here. Tell me what I need to know. And in the dream, all I got was my grace is sufficient. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But I woke up feeling a lot more peaceful than I had in a long time. Um, after she passed... Within moments, there was a stillness inside of me that I can't adequately explain. And this, this story is not something I generally share in public, but I feel moved to share it right now, so I will. Um, all of the chatter in my brain, you know, the, the, the endless talking that we have that goes on inside of our head was silenced. And I had, a, it felt like a, a long while, but also I knew that it wasn't. Um, I had this moment of peace and just extraordinarily understanding love is the point. And that was mm -hmm. the message that I got. Love is the point. Like I didn't, it wasn't an audible kind of voice or anything like that, but just a feeling, a very, very strong sense. And I carried that for a while. And then the grief hit me and man, like a Mack truck, you know, like somebody dumped a load of bricks on me. Um, and with that came a crap ton of anger. <laughs> Um, and a lot of questions, lots and lots of questions, lots of anger, lots of telling God <laughs> what I thought of him. <laughs> Remember having so much pain that I questioned whether I was going to even continue to believe that God existed. Like mm. this is, this is so upsetting to me right now that I can't fathom how God could allow something like this to happen. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know, the miscarriages were hard and I, I'm not dismissing that pain for anybody, myself included. Um, but to watch what she went through, um, I really just wanted to rip somebody's head off. I, I wanted some, I wanted somebody to be at fault. Um, and I went looking for that for a long while. And then when I wasn't adequately satisfied with the answers I was getting in that, it turned around back towards God. Um, but that created such a chaos in me. Um, and I had to find a way forward because I just couldn't live like that. 
anybody and everybody like that I, I I was reading I was researching I was talking I was asking my husband anybody and everybody please help me understand why did this happen please and in my desperation I started just reading all these different spiritual I, I read um one book that really helped me um but it wasn't it was basically the icebreaker of okay, you're you're not at fault, um, mm. but it just kind of chipped at it a little bit, and I continued to have those kinds of thoughts for a long time. You know, the what did I do wrong? What could I? The woulda, shoulda, coulda. You know, yeah. Um, I I could have done this. I if I would have done that. You know. Um, had, had we made this choice instead of that choice and just all of the, the, the control sure. things that we come up with, like I, I could have fixed this. I could have, um, and then a, a lot of the beating yourself up, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. I didn't try hard enough. Um, a lot, a lot of that went on for a long time. One of the things that, um, is important for me to share in hopes that somebody will find this book equally as helpful as I did. There's a, a book by um, a website. Don't remember the author's name. Um, the website's called Bed for My Heart. Very good resource for people grieving moms. Um, the book is called You Are the Mother of All Mothers. And it's I would call it like a coffee table book. So it's not, you know, um, there's pictures, there's, it's, it's written kind of almost in a poetic way, um, but not in a confusing poetry way. If you're not a poetry person, it's okay. My point being it's, it's, it's written simply, but with deep meaning. Um, so there's really only, you know, I'm going to say maybe the whole book is 20 pages long, mm. beautiful pictures, and, and the words, you know, you could probably put all the words together on one typed out page. It's not a lot to read, mm. but it's powerful. It's extremely yeah. powerful. Um, I read that. That was probably two years after I lost her. Mm. Um lots of um things transpired in that amount of time share briefly on that because it's kind of off the subject a little bit but um not entirely because grief as you've already mentioned and i wholeheartedly agree it, it changes you and with those changes come big decisions a lot of times you know what am i willing to to still do or not do and um participate or not participate you're just a new person you really are um I'm going to digress for a minute because I just remembered something okay. after losing her in the early days of that grief I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I think somebody out here needs to hear this for some reason looking at myself in the mirror and not recognizing my own reflection like who mm. is this person I don't I don't know who you are mm. and feeling so disconnected from the person I was looking at mm. no idea who you are mm. um, and it's part of that you know the grieving you're 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 churning over a, a whole new story you're you're changing in massive ways um, so back to what I was saying, as a result of my grieving, um, my first outlet was, I recognized that for me, sharing compassion with others helped me to get out of my own head. So I started a charity and I went full force on that, which tends to be the way I, I have done things in the past. I go crazy hard on stuff. Um, part of that was a distraction. 
I, I, this, this is keeping me from having to deal with all of the crappiness. Yeah. And, um, and it's okay. Yeah. It was what I needed at the time. Yeah. Um, and part of it was, um, it, it feels better to feel compassion towards somebody than to sit and throw myself a full-on pity party. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, meanwhile, as a result of probably some mild form of PTSD, I'm not entirely sure if that would be the label for it, but it doesn't matter. I was not able to sleep in the bedroom, which where my husband and I slept had been where we had cared for her because there was, it was just, it made more sense. We brought her to our room. She slept in the bed with us. And um, that was kind of the hospice area of the house. Mm -hmm. I couldn't step foot in there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had kind of, my husband and I had created a, a bedroom in the living room. And at some point, he decided he was ready to go back to sleeping in the bedroom and I was not. And that among the extraordinary grief and some marital problems that were long standing at that point, um, our marriage rapidly took a turn for the worst. Um, and you know, I say that as if it's a bad thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct that. We grew apart we grew apart and no judgment on him, no judgment on me. You know, it was, um, we, we both needed something different. And so I ended up, um, deciding two years after she passed that I, I couldn't be there anymore. I needed to be away from that environment. I needed to start a new life that felt more hopeful. Um, and I did that. Um, and it was, it was difficult. I left behind a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I want to ask you a couple yeah, questions if you're sure, okay. Sure. Um, I think, you know, we've alluded to this several times that you're forever changed and it does happen frequently um, that the people that we, we love or once loved, um, we, we separate. But the thing that uh, you've not mentioned at all, and if you're willing to share, how were the boys? during this time because you were very focused on some things um was part of that focus on them to make sure that they were okay as well which i'm sure it was as a mom we we never forget you know our any of our children share with me if you would how did you navigate um just the boys you know in their grief or did or did you do more um allow them for do some counseling or, or, I mean, it's not easy to try to, you know, you want to help them probably so badly and really not even sure knowing my words, not yours, help myself. Like, how am I, I can't, I don't even know how to help myself in this grief. How can I help my children in this grief? If you share just a little bit about that, um, because that that happens there's other children involved yeah. here so i'm going to be very brief for the benefit of their privacy sure sure absolutely i will say two things on that one um i had to give myself a lot of grace after the fact for the things that i didn't end up doing sure. because i the best explanation I've heard for uh, uh, grieving a, the loss of a child or grieving in general, really, is that it feels like you're drowning Yeah, you're in an ocean and these waves are hitting you and you don't know when the next one's coming. And sometimes they look like tsunamis and sometimes they're just, you know, little trickles. But uh, sometimes you really feel like you're you're going under. This is it. 
Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of that happening and had to choose at a later date to say to myself, and it took me a while to get there. I was doing the best I could. I was Absolutely. Doing- we always, always are really. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. At the time, we we are, especially with Grace, just trying to keep a lot of times our head above water, right? You know, and uh, you know, and and there's no, for sure, you know, and I know you've kind of worked through that. There should be, you know, no shame in that, and and no guilt in that, because we do only do the best that we can at the time, and. Right. For you, it was just survival of yourself yes. um, to get through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and that's where our focus would be. We always hear, you know, we can't help others if we can't help ourselves first. Right. Right. And so, uh, for sure, like no guilt, no blame on that. You needed to care for you. You were right. not going to benefit, be any benefit to them if you couldn't take care of what was going on with with you yeah so yeah I was just curious you know um how that how that all kind of unfolded yeah so I was difficult right um probably I I well I'm going to be very generic in my explanation for their benefit um I offered counseling um one was interested one was not um I encouraged, uh, there was a, a camp that's actually local and, and I can give you that information later if you'd like, that's um, in Highland. It helps families who are dealing with children with cancer. Um, one of them attended that um, camp. Um other than that, just being, I also homeschooled my children. And so we mm-hmm. took a long furlough from homeschooling. Um, after that, I didn't really get started. Normally I get started around the same time that the school kids go, or I did. Um, I waited until October to even begin getting started. And it was, sure. there was just a lot of grace involved in that. And it, if they were highly interested in something great let's do it and if you're not okay don't worry about it you know um because <laughs> as important as your education is dealing with your grief is equally if not more so because that's Absolutely. something you carry with you for the rest of your life so where did you go for support for yourself for a short period of time i attended meetings at, uh, through an organization that I, I definitely recommend, um, called compassionate friends. Mm-hmm. They are a group that specifically focuses on parent or lo- loss of children. Um, the only participants welcome to attend are parents or grandparents. Um, and they have chapters all over the globally they have chapters um and they i i shared with you on a text that they have a a candle lighting uh the second sunday of december in honor of lost children um i found that to be very helpful i reached out to quite a few friends on facebook and asked if they would participate and i had a lot of people sending me pictures of candles and whatever kind of lighting they chose to use um filling up my Facebook page, which nice. was helpful. I did a lot of writing, a lot of a lot of writing. Um journaled and journaled and journaled and journaled. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of reading. Um allowing myself. I, I've had people I, I asked this question and I've had people ask me this question. What's the right way to grieve? There is no right mm. way. There is no wrong way. <laughs> If you feel that you want to just fall off the face of the earth for a little while, go do that. If you feel that you need to stay busy, like mad for a while, then go do that. And anything in between, take a bath, yell and scream, 
curse it God, whatever makes you feel better, it's all okay. It's all okay. Um, there isn't, you know, a wrong way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And with saying all of that, Ian, you just talked about the second uh, Sunday in December, but the candle lighting, we're right at that time as we're recording this. Um, so I want to kind of go to that a little bit, the holiday season. How have you navigated that first holiday season and holiday seasons since then? Okay. Um, so the first holiday season obviously was really rough yeah. <laughs> and for, um, in our case in particular, um, Grace was all about Christmas. So it was mm. a big holiday for her and in our house, you know, the, the decorating, the cooking, all of it, she just loved it and very much about giving. Um, so we, I chose to incorporate her as much as possible into the different traditions and we got rid of some traditions that didn't work for us anymore and we adopted some new ones Good. and those changed over time and that's the thing with grief that people say well you know I feel bad I remember hitting that point where it was well I don't I don't feel inclined to do that anymore okay you know there's nothing wrong with that you're not you're not um, betraying your loved one you haven't stopped loving them you, you're not a bad person because you don't choose to do that thing anymore you, you, you're you're evolving in that and we all are um I love so that you said yourself, that yeah it, giving yourself a lot of grace in um, recognizing that you will learn and grow and develop and it, that's as it as it is supposed to be you know that's, mm -hmm. that's beneficial it's not bad um since then I would say it's developed it's changed a lot over time um I have actually reached a point that I, <laughs> I honor her in in my heart in ways without physically needing to to do something for that um but it, it's been you know eight years for me so it's transformed a lot over time um for birthdays and christmases there was for many years okay i'm going to create some type of um way to honor her with her loving to cook it usually involved some kind of food related thing you know I'm going to bake cookies or give away cupcakes for her birthday or you know something to that effect um and I even had a special Christmas tree dedicated to her for a while the ornaments were particular to the ones that she she found meaning in um so yeah I mean you, whatever works for you I know some people are not comfortable with that. And I, I ran into that with, my, you know, you brought up about my boys and in, in the early days of grieving, they were um, more concerned about my well-being than their own. They, that they weren't um, willing to say this works for me and this doesn't work for me, but over time that changed and, and good that it did. You know, they, they spoke up and said, I don't, I don't like to do this. I don't want to do that anymore. Good. Um, so, um, yeah, and I will say this was a very important lesson that, that I had to learn, not had to learn, that I chose to learn early on. Um, it's okay to tell family and friends, no, thank you. I'm not coming. Or you show up for five minutes and you say, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to go home. Um, and maybe they understand and maybe they don't. And you don't have to feel bad about that. That's that's their emotion to deal with. And I'm not saying that in a cold-hearted way. Just we we all have our own emotional stuff we're dealing with. And 
as the person who, who is the grieving person, your responsibility is to yourself. And if the other people in your life object to that, that's something that they're going to have to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think they're, they're well intended. Yes. Yes. And they, they just can't possibly understand. Correct. And you don't really want them. We don't want anyone else to endure that pain and all of that. Um, and the only way that we can have them support us really is to say what you just said, like, no, thank you. Can't do it. Um, maybe another time or, or whatever that is. Yeah. That we are very honest with people. And I think in time, they, they're okay with it. They may feel hurt at that time. But I think for the most part, people are, are, are okay with that because they just, they, they don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's all well-intended yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just. Yeah, I just felt like, you know, for me, I I have had tendencies of people-pleasing <laughs> And it's mm. easy to, <laughs> with um, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of women fall into that camp pretty easily. Um, and yep. as caregivers, we think, oh, I, you know, it's my responsibility to make sure that these other people are happy, even if I'm miserable. Um, and yeah. I'm here to tell you, don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really serve you and it doesn't really serve them either. Because yeah. um, yeah. eventually, especially in weary. Yes, yes, yes. Because you, you just get so weary, you know. I remember at um, times, especially early on, I would find out that a friend was going to pop by un unannounced, you know, like like I would, well, I can't say unannounced because I knew, but, oh, hey, when I'm in town, I'll come by and see you. And if I knew that they were going to be in town soon, I'm, okay, I'm going to go hide somewhere because I do not feel like socializing right now. And I don't want to explain to this person that, like you said, they don't understand and you don't truly want them to understand, but also you kind of need them to understand on some level. I can't deal with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like there are other people that I've heard them say they were so grateful, you know, that someone stopped by. It's what yeah. they needed. And it's different. Yeah. For for sure. everyone. Well, so, I remember having yeah. those moments too. There was the same friend just different day you know um I called her up and said I really need you to come over and I remember going through a period of time and I I've since learned from research that there's a a physical aspect to this but um a biochemical aspect I should say that I craved hugs like some women crave chocolate before their period like I I was desperate for that. And I have at that time have made phone calls to people and said, could you please just come over? I need a hug. Mm. Um, and you know, okay, you're going to drive 15 minutes over here so you can give me a hug, but seriously, <laughs> seriously, because, um, yeah. and, and, and actually there's endorphins involved. It releases sure. the, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Chemicals. Your oxytocin levels are affected by hugs. And it, it helps relieve stress as does helping to, um, or petting an animal I found out can release that. So those, those are some tips for you. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love yeah. all tips shared and the listeners I'm sure love all tips shared. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because when we're, when we're in grief or new in grief, um, we're desperate. I think sometimes to be like, what can help me like really yeah. like anything yeah. if right. if I can stand on my head if somebody told me that and it would yeah. help me yeah. I will do that you know they are hungry for information and things yeah. that can help them and so I love that you shared that you know hugs and petting an animal you know can be for some people very beneficial and yeah. certain times too. It yeah, you have to where go you're at in your journey. Yeah. Right, right. And there was times where what I really wanted was a ball bat and something to break. You know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and obviously yeah. you're not going to do that with the pet in the room, you know, no. <laughs> we're not trying to hurt anybody, but yeah, I, I actually even shared that with a friend many years later. Um, she had lost a loved one and she had gotten some news about, it was a, a, a criminal act that took place that caused her to lose her loved one. And, and she got back from a, a court hearing that didn't go the way she wanted it to. And she was filled with rage and she was just beside herself. And I handed her a glass and I said, throw it. And she did. And she's like, I feel better. And I was like, mm. okay, we're going to be sleep, sweeping up glass for the next two weeks, but I'm glad you feel better. You know, yeah, it's just a glass and we can sweep all day long if that's what we need to do. Mm. Um, but you know, obviously I'm not recommending people do that in a way that somebody's <laughs> hurt. <laughs> right. Caution, caution, we're doing so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't try this at home, no. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, you know, letting those emotions out, um, one that's obviously safer and easily accessed is punch a pillow. Punch it till you yeah. think the fluff is going to fly out. Like, yeah. yeah, there's lots of ways. Um, yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, we're close to probably our time. I don't want it to, you know, take up too much more of your time, but if there was anything, um, I'll have a final question, but if there's anything else that you can think of that's kind of weighing on your heart that you feel like um, you want to share um, part of this, this journey that you've went um, through, and or if not, just really um, encouraging insight. We've given, you've given so much of that already that has been, I believe, very beneficial for the listeners. But any, anything else that you can think of that would, would be good for you to share? Yeah. And, and or for, to benefit them, either way. The thing that stands out for me, and this is only really occurred for me, uh, come, come into my understanding in the last few months. Um, and I, I'm going to say this, and I know that some people will not be ready to hear it. And also I understand that at some point you will be likely. Um, so hold on to that hope. I am, I have reached a point of being grateful for the experience. Um, and it took me a while to say that because I felt when I first started feeling that way, um, I thought, wow, that, what kind of person does that make me that I can say I'm grateful that my daughter passed away? And I had to let go of judging myself and recognize it has transformed me in ways that I can't possibly fully explain to people. And it has allowed me a sense of freedom in my relationship with God that has been extraordinarily beneficial. And it took me years in the making to get there. You know, I went through a whole lot more anger um, before I let go of that. And I ended up... <laughs> I won't dive into this because it's a whole nother story, but um, four years after she passed, I found out I had cancer. Mm. Um, so there again, you know, and it, at that point, I I had kind of come to a, a plateau with the God thing. Like, I don't hate you. I'm not sure what I think. I, 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 I think you love me. I'm not really sure why all this happened, um, you know. But I also have let go of a lot of the the teachings that I was taught that that flew in the face of that, you know. Um, so that experience then caused, you know, the the cancer. I'm digging back in now. I got to dig in, and then to be able to say that I'm grateful for that I now look at that whole situation with a whole lot more peace mm. than I than I was able to before and I was convinced I was convinced 
there was no way I was ever going to have peace again. Yeah. Well, and I think um, what I hear and, and kind of what came to me when you said that was a couple things. One was, yeah, you're not grateful that you lost your daughter, but in the end, in addition to that, grateful for what has come from that, grateful for maybe the experiences that have come from that, not necessarily so grateful for her loss, but everything that has come from that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that a lot of people experience that. And those that are associated with me on social feeds um, that I have, that's been, that is my always, my topic of post and content and stuff through the holidays is finding gratitude yeah through through this time it's a difficult time of the holidays um and I experienced this a lot last year um last year I came on live every day because I knew I needed it to be grateful with have just losing my mom I was struggling as all people do with grief and I knew I needed to find things to be grateful for myself and so I just went public with that and live with that but I think it's so important um, to try really hard to to work towards I don't want to say try because try is not we, we don't try we don't try if we try we really don't it doesn't happen but to really work towards finding something every day especially in the holidays to be grateful for. And I, a lot of times tell clients and, and when I'm working with people is if grateful is too hard, just what do you have? You know, maybe a thankful, like I have running water. That might be enough towards that grateful or gratitude. Yeah. Just work towards it. You said it took a long time for you to be where you are. It's uh, a stepping stone to, yes, to get to where you're at. Yes. Yeah. And, and with each one, a new lesson was learned. And um, I now understand things had to happen the way they had to happen. You know, mm -hmm. that um, it wasn't a punishment. It was yeah. Yeah. Um, helping me to learn to love myself in ways that I didn't before. And I know when we previously talked, we talked about that, you know, the teachings and the of punishment and, and all of this, that's only happened because of, and we're not going to dive into that here, but I'm going to say that might be something we dive into a little deeper in another episode, um, because I think that is felt by many people like this um what you're talking about punishment this happened to my child because of a, of a punishment and yeah we're not going to talk about it here but it is something that many people feel so yeah, um, we could talk about that but as we conclude today do you still have your nonprofit? i don't i mean there's okay there's, okay there's, there's plenty out there um for uh you know, the awareness of it, you know, so I, I never deleted the page or whatever. Um, it's so called share, yeah, share some of those things. Yeah. Um, so, um, the, the awareness page is called Grace's gift. Um, it's on Facebook. Um, I ha I'm not active on it anymore. I haven't been for quite some time. Um, I moved away from it because I recognized that, a lot of the motivation for it was guilt ridden. And I knew that wasn't a healthy thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, I also then now have a Facebook business page for my coaching, uh, which is called loving your, let's try that again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Love yourself life coaching. My brain went blank for a second. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, yeah. Menopause, fun stuff. <laughs> um, uh, 
yeah, so the the um that page I'm very active on. I share a lot of um Good. insights about my spiritual journey and um encouraging people to keep stepping forward in their growth. Um learning geared towards women and just inspiring that self-love is really what the page is about. Um, it's got a funny spelling because that's how it worked out with Facebook's availability. So love is actually spelled L-U-V and then the rest of it normally spelled love yourself life coaching. Um, and I'm not sure what else to share. Um, yeah, so if they want to um, connect with you, that's probably the best. Or, yeah, and, and you can share with me what else, if there's other um, mean emails, those kind of things, we, I can make sure that I put those in the show notes or if someone wants to get in contact with you, um, they can. Absolutely. Um, if you're open to that. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So any other last words um, for the listeners? If not, we'll conclude. My last words would be Give yourself grace. Perfect. Yes, for sure. Always. So thank you, Kim, so much for taking the time. I know it was parts of it was difficult, even after so many years. Um, we know that that a lot of times continues. So I I so much appreciate you taking the time. Very thankful that you agreed to come on um, and share your journey and share a little bit about grace. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button so that you don't miss an episode. Check the show notes for any resources mentioned during this episode. And I want to invite you to download my free guide at www.livingaftergrief.com forward slash grief hyphen impact hyphen wheel. It's called the Grief Impact Wheel and it's designed to guide you to begin your grief transformation. Also, remember that you don't move forward or allow your grief work to start until you begin to talk about it. I encourage you to move from that stuck state by talking with someone. Reach out to me or someone that can support you in moving forward. If you'd like to connect with me, you can message me at Living After Grief on social media or email me at Teresa at livingaftergrief.com. I can't wait to be with you again next week and I'm sending you love and peace, my friends.